tell me what life was like for you and your friends and your family um, in the weeks before February 24th. Um, it was as usual uh, in general, but it was tension in the air because of all the news. Uh, plus, I guess I had more information than my surrounding because um, our American colleagues started talking about possible danger months ago. And in the beginning, for us, it was surreal. We were like, no, it's not going to happen. Come on, guys. It's just news. It's political. Uh, so all of our American colleagues were really worried while we in Ukraine were chilled. Uh, but because they started trading this topic in Doximi, uh, we here in Ukraine started creating a plan in case of invasion. Mm -hmm. And for last two months, uh, operation team and me, we were actually taking steps. So we had stages uh, in this plan and the last stage would be if Russia invades Ukraine. And, you know, whenever we had meetings to discuss the plan, um, it was surreal. We, we were discussing it, but we never believed that it would actually happen. And um, while I had that information, I would talk to my family because my dad is located in the east of Ukraine. And I would talk to him like, Dad, listen, it's possible. I want to know what will be your plan because I'm in Kyiv uh, and you're in the east. You are in more danger. Um, but he would be like, it's not going to happen. I don't have a plan. I'm staying here. This is my home. Uh, if they come, they come then. And I said, okay, I respect your opinion. I myself thought that the moment something happened, I would uh, fly away. But it became actually opposite. I now have a chance to go anywhere I want in the world, and I choose to stay. Um, my mom lives in Germany for last five years, so I have family there and I can live there. Uh, they say they can pick me up from Poland anytime. Uh, so I have that option at the moment, but I prefer to stay in Lviv uh, this time. As for my friends, mm, close one, I was also talking to them, saying like, let's make a plan. What are you going to do? And they denied, they said, um, we're not going to talk about it. Like, don't say crazy things. It's not going to happen. Why are you creating panic? Uh, they ignored. They ignored this topic. No one believed in it. So this is how situation was. And the, I guess the last week, the last few days before the war, the tension um, was more intense because of the news. Um, but still, we didn't believe it will happen. No one was ready. How does your father feel now? Uh, so we call each other every morning. Now his city, where I'm from, Dnipro, it's actually uh, kind of safe comparison to what's happening in Kiev. So everything works in the city, transport, shops. Um, they uh, have people coming from other areas and they host them. So my dad is uh, work. He still works because he works in some important governmental organizations, which I'm not going to name. And um, he has to come there every day. And I know that uh, military gave them extra protection 
exactly to that office. Uh, and um, uh, they even gave, uh, gave them guns. So my dad sent me a picture that he has a gun now. Uh, and he, apart from work, he's volunteering to, they have to feed people who came from other areas and found housing for them. Uh, so he's, uh, when I'm asking him how he feels, he's very positive. Uh, he has great sense of humor. So wow. he says like, we are ready. If they come here, we're going to fight. We're not going anywhere. Wow. How do you feel about his response? Uh, I'm very proud of him and it's also one of the reasons I'm choosing to stay. If my dad is here and he's ready to protect home, then I'm going to stay as well and do whatever I can. Do you think that part of the Ukrainian spirit is because of the invasion of eight years ago? Like, How do you explain this fervor in your country? Um, I would say it's a um, chain of events. Uh, starting from um, revolution that we had in 2014, yes, and even before that. Um, but I think only now we are actually fully waking up as a nation and feeling it. Uh, yeah, eight years ago, I was also taking part in those events. I would go to Maidan, I would uh, volunteer there, uh, but at that time, not all of my friends would support that. There were still people who would say, uh, I'm not interested in politics. Um, but uh, now everyone, everyone is proud that they're Ukrainian. They want to uh, stay in the country. They want to protect the country. Um, so it was chain of events. And uh, now we all like trying to analyze the difference between Ukrainians and Russians because for a long period of time and till now people are saying that oh you guys are very similar your brothers um, and there are a lot of evidence that not we are not the same the mindset is different because Ukrainians we when we don't like something we like to say it right away we like to criticize uh, everything, uh, even like we don't do anything about it, but just having the chance to say, I don't like the mayor, the streets are bad, this house needs renovation, no one is doing things. Just to have the talk is a part of our culture. So freedom is uh, essential for us. And now we see that during these 30 years of independence, we were moving towards more freedom in Ukraine while Russia was moving away from that. And now they cannot talk on the, they cannot go on the streets because uh, I have family in Russia as well. And I have family in Belarus and I have family in uh, East Ukraine, which is the occupied territory. Um, and I feel the difference. So my cousin is in Belarus. He's the same age as me. And uh, we talk on Instagram. He sees news from my page because he says there is no independent media in Belarus. So he kind of learning news from Ukrainian channels. Uh, and he said that it's scary quiet there. 
because people are afraid to say anything. He bought some extra food, so he prepares for the worst. Um, my relatives in Russia, they, uh, um, they're also quiet. They don't support it. They, they don't support this war, uh, but they also wouldn't be able to share their opinion online or in their cities. So they quiet. And um, I also have family in the East Ukraine, which is occupied by Russia for these last eight years. And um, there is my uncle and my cousin. And they have been hiding at home because uh, of uh, mobilization. So Russia is trying to gather men in that area to fight against Ukraine. So now they're trying to find a way to send uh, my uh, cousin uh, somewhere outside, wow. like to Turkey or somewhere. They cannot uh, go to Ukraine now. They can only go to Russia and then from Russia go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a really complicated situation there. I'm curious how you manage the intensity of the emotion you must be feeling about what's happening right now. Um, I guess because we prepared for this, we had planned. Mm, what we did, we rented an apartment in Lviv, big one, uh, for and it's like Doximi Hub in Lviv now. We rented it uh, two weeks before the war started, and I was um, a coordinator for that. So mm -hmm. I departed to Lviv fourteenth um, uh, of February. I I packed for three weeks, so I saw that I'm gonna stay in Lviv for three weeks. Uh, make sure that that hub uh, has everything we need and then my colleague will come stay next three weeks and we're going to keep this hub for a few months and see how it goes. Mm. The purpose of the hub was to, um, in case of invasion, for people to stay, to work and then uh, look for another apartment, like anything uh, you need, you can come to the hub. Uh, so in my mind, I already... Uh, knew that I'm going to be in Lviv for a while. I packed accordingly. Uh, I had time to pack properly. Uh, I took everything I needed and I came to Lviv and I spent a week, peaceful week here. I have friends here, so I had some social life. I get used to the hub, to the apartment. Uh, so for me, it was not a rush decision mm -hmm. to leave my home immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's why mentally it was easier for me than for others. Uh, and now I'm living with the feeling that I'm just staying a bit longer in Lviv than I planned. I don't have a feeling that I lost my home. Wow. And I know that my building in Kiev is still safe because I'm in contact with my neighbor. Um, I know that my apartment is there. It's safe. But I just don't know what, when I will be able to come back. Um, and um, every day we have here a lot of uh, things happening uh, when we're volunteering, helping the team. So mind is busy. Mm -hmm. um, I guess also that helps me. Uh, I keep myself busy. I work. I help people. And um, I don't have time to think uh, about the future because I'm too afraid to think about that at the moment. Yeah. So uh, describe to me what you do during the day. 
um, so first uh, week uh, I was all the time on the phone uh, because we had 50 people in Ukraine and I, me and uh, my colleagues uh, of operation team, we were in charge of making sure everyone is safe. We were constantly in communication with them, checking, did they leave home? Where are they now? What, uh, if they're on the border, did they manage to leave the country and so on? So first two weeks, it was very busy. Uh, we were constantly checking on everyone and I would be uh, in the hub, uh, buying some extra bedding, blankets, towels, because people were coming uh, just when, with small suitcase. They didn't plan to take a lot of things. So um, I was going to big shopping center. Um, I remember one, it was, I think, second or third day uh one of my colleagues he had a car we got in the car we went to a big shopping center and there were helicopters above us just like flying they were like ukrainian military helicopters it was but I, we felt like the all that uh, emotions that something is happening even like we are safe but seeing this uh, military helicopters just flying over the shopping center it was uh it was scary um but uh, because of my past as a flight attendant i was a flight attendant for five years and because of all the training we had there i kind of have this um, strengths when you put yourself together and you do things to help uh, and you know that if um, something happened, you can help, like you can be in charge. Because mm. we, we had first aid training, we had firefighting training, a lot of things. Um, so as a flight attendant, every time you, uh, you go for a flight, you know that you're in charge of 30 lives on board. Mm -hmm. You're the only one who can help them in case of anything. So. That's what I realized during this uh, situation in Ukraine, that mm -hmm. I, I have that something in me that um, even if I'm scared, I'm going and doing things and helping and trying to figure out um, the next step. Um, now um, I shifted more to uh, doximy tasks because uh, I realized that I have to keep working to spend my money in Ukraine, to pay taxes, to support economy. Uh, in the beginning, because we all have a little bit of guilt, like how can I just go buy things when people are fighting? How can I just uh, go have coffee when uh, so many people need help? But now uh, I'm shifting that, okay, it's good that life goes on. Uh, Lviv now is full of people because a lot of uh people from the east moved here so restaurants are open coffee shops are open you can buy you can go to the shopping center and um, yesterday I was in the city it was crowded mm. um and it's good to see so people are not scared they go out they spend money mm. uh, they support economy life goes on what kind of volunteer work do you do uh, so there is a big um, 
help center in the um, uh, in the city center uh you have to register there because a lot of people wants to do it so you have to register a day before then you come they check that you're in the list and they tell you where the people need it it's a three floor building uh last time i was sorting clothes so the this center receives all the humanitarian aid from everywhere uh, then uh, we unpack all the boxes uh, and you have to sort out, you bring food to one floor, if it's clothes to another floor, shoes and so on and so on. Um, it's like huge machine and it's all built on volunteers. Mm. And when you're there, you, you think like, okay, this has to be controlled somehow and be prepared and built in. But uh, what is great about Ukrainians that we can organize ourselves very fast if it's like for for the country. Mm -hmm. So somehow we all like immediately like, okay, let's do something. Uh, so I would sort out clothes. Uh, you open the box and it can be like, kids clothes, women clothes, men's everything all together. You just put it in the different piles. Um, then another floor that has already this sorted out clothes. So people uh, who came from other areas uh, without clothes, just, you know, they grabbed their kids, they took the train, they arrived in Lviv. Uh, they would come to this center, they would go to that floor and we would pack clothes for them. And then do they usually so stay in Lviv for the time being? At uh, the moment, yeah, uh, I guess it's uh, half a million. The last time I checked, I'm not sure. Uh, but a lot of people arrived and Lviv organized uh, centers in uh, theaters and schools. Mm -hmm. They used any building they could to organize shelters. Mm -hmm. um, most of the women with kids, they're living to Poland and nearest countries, but men, they, due to the military law at the moment, they can't leave the country. Mm -hmm. So they stay here and they volunteer or just keep working. Um, so there are still a lot of men in Ukraine who are not in the army, but at the same time, they, they cannot leave the country yet. Would you be willing to take up arms? And, and fight? Uh, I thought about that. Um, I was thinking recently about how, you know, Israeli army, they have this uh, image of uh, very strong uh, and they um, uh, take women as well. So I thought if something like this would be in Ukraine, maybe I would join because now there is a um, huge interest to the army and military art because of the events we all read the news and we want to know okay what does this word mean what is this mm. rocket mean and um, i always considered myself very peaceful person mm -hmm. uh, but now because it's my home there are a lot of feelings arises and uh, i know some people judge and say like um, why are you so angry? You cannot hate everyone in Russia. You know, there are um, a lot of opinions like that. Uh, but when I see news, uh, when I see those images and um, 
I know that area in Kyiv and I see that it's destroyed, um, then yeah, I become very angry. And I think if situation uh, would happen that I have to fight, I would do. So you didn't know that about yourself even two weeks ago, right? Yeah. 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 What, what other things have surprised you? Mm, that how we unite as nation mm -hmm. and how uh, the whole world is helping us. Yeah. Uh, that all the foreigner friends I had, they messaged me during the first few days from all over the world. And they, everyone said, you can come stay at my place. Um, so that was so important to know that, uh, everyone knows what's happening. Everyone is here for us. Mm, yet it still seems like our war that, uh, other countries are not joining yeah. the actual war. Um, there is a lot of politics. There are a lot of processes that is happening on that higher level. And, um, yeah, at a point it makes me really sad. I feel helpless that, um, it's 2022 and we had so many international uh, organization and their job is to keep the world safe. And, um, now it doesn't seem to help. Yeah. But if you look from the point of view of just my friends all over the world, or just like people in Poland, uh, in Germany, they're doing whatever they can. Like my mom in Germany, she's also volunteering. So it seems like she's packing things in Germany and I'm unpacking them in Ukraine here. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, what are her thoughts about your staying in Ukraine? Uh, she respects my decision from time to time. She checks on me saying like, um, are you still staying? Do you want to come? She said, whenever you change your mind, we will pick you up from the border. We'll give you housing, everything you need. Um, but she understands why I'm staying. So tell me what you think the hardest part of this has been for you. The hardest part, I think, is that uh, it's called, I think, the guilt of survival. Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, you're safe and you have place to sleep and you watch news and you know what people are going through and uh, you feel that guilt. Uh, also, feeling helpless that this is so unfair. This is so sad and why it's still going on it's been 20 days how come all these powerful people in the world cannot stop it so dealing with that and not knowing when this will end when i will be able to come back to my home and will my home will be safe so these are the hardest things and it sounds like the way you've managed that is to work and volunteer and try to enjoy some simple pleasures? Yes, um, 
exactly like going because um, I'm grateful that I have community here. It's my friends. Uh, they're also ex-flight attendants, so we have some common ground. Uh, my colleagues from Doximi um, and having people around, it really helps. I see the difference that, you know, we gather in the evening, uh, we laugh, uh, we, we share dinner. Uh, we talk about news, we support each other, we hug, and that's also one of the reasons why I'm not uh, living at the moment, because yeah. here I can share this sorrow uh, with my people. Mm -hmm. And I know if I go to Europe or somewhere else and life there just goes on as usual, people, even if they help and... Um, they understand what's going on. It's not happening to their country, right? It's hap for them. It's just happening somewhere in Europe. Mm -hmm. So that would be hard for me not to have the community to share these emotions. Mm -hmm. um, Lisa, is there anything mm -hmm. else you'd like to share? Mm -hmm. I would like to thank Doximi for the support. Uh, all the colleagues uh, were texting us, checking on us, constantly asking how they can help. Uh, Brandon, our CEO, he came to Ukraine. It was last week. He flew from US to Poland and then he came to Lviv. Uh, he brought uh, ammunition, he brought some humanitarian aid. He visited our hub and uh, that was incredible. The entire team in Ukraine, we were so grateful and inspired by him. Like, it's very brave. And he showed that he's with us, that we are one family. That's actually like our culture in Doximi. That, and even uh, during this time, he showed that, yeah, we are one family. So this was great. So I want to thank Brandon, Doximi, and everyone in the company for their support. Wonderful. It sounds like you have three families. Your 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 birth family. Well, maybe more. Your family yeah. of friends, your family of flight attendants and Doximi. And then your fellow Ukrainians. Yeah. All of those people are helping you be brave. <laughs> yes, people is everything. Yeah. Especially like this time you realize you can have a lot of money, but if you need an apartment in Lviv, it doesn't matter. You need connections. You need to know someone to host you or to help you with an apartment. Um, so I was very grateful as well to have uh, all, all of my families with me. You know, uh, Brandon told me the story yesterday of how he managed to get from Poland to Lviv. And all of the steps involved miraculous connections with people. It wasn't money. It was people. Yeah. So, um, Lisa, thank you so, so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for great questions.